Hey, what's up, everybody? And welcome to another edition of I Won't Stop Until I Win. I am your host, Jose Flores, and each week I'll be sharing inspiring stories of people who push through the pain, who overcome adversity, and who keep on running their race to become the winners they are today. So thank you for spending some time with me, and let's jump right into the show. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks again for hanging out with me uh, for another week of I Won't Stop Until I Win. And listen, man, I know it's been a while since I've brought in a guest onto the show, but this one I'm telling you guys is going to be fire. Today's guest is an internationally recognized strength, speed, and conditioning coach, personal trainer, body worker, motivational speaker, author, educator, <laughs> inspires people worldwide. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I can go on and on and on about this guy, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this guy is a freaking rock star. He's been uh, featured on NBC Strong, which is on uh, now on Netflix, and we'll get into that. But ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, welcome my boy, my brother, my man, Todd Durkin, what is going man, on, man? Man, Jose, what an introduction! I appreciate that, brother. Man, I gotta, I gotta pump you up, man. You are, you are, you are, you're an exceptional, outstanding individual, man. So I, I, I had to make sure I did you justice, man. <laughs> honored, man. I'm, I'm honored to be here today and and uh, talk with your folks. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad that that I was able to get you on, man. I know you shaking and baking, traveling the world, inspiring people, doing your thing, and I was like, man, you gotta squeeze me in, Todd. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, man. So, brother, like, you know, I just want to let the audience know, first of all, real quick, how I um just to kind of put everything into perspective as we go into our conversation. But I want to let people know how I got introduced to you and, and how I how I wound up knowing about you. So we have a mutual friend, Travis. Shout out to Travis. Uh, super cool dude. He actually was like, man, you know, I have this guy. He's a, an amazing mentor of mine. He's a coach. He's in the fitness industry. Uh, I, I, you know, maybe uh, we can get you on his show. And I was like, all right, cool. So he sent me the he sent me your info. And I was look as I was looking you up and I was looking at your website and, and just Googling you and seeing some different things that popped up. I was like, oh, snap. I was telling my wife, I was like, yo, babe, this is the guy we just finished watching kick butt on Netflix. Yeah. We wound up <laughs> catching it on Netflix, that strong show uh, where you were one of the uh, celebrity coaches. And uh, I was like, yo, babe, this is the guy. And she was like, really? I was like, yeah, I'm going to be on a show. And so, man, we did the show and it was amazing. And I was like, I got to have you on my show, man. So thanks for having, uh, thanks for, you know, coming on the show, brother. Oh, it's great to be here, Jose. I'm, I'm pumped to, uh, to share with everyone today as well. So let's let's give people a little perspective because, you know, they see, you know, you people like you and uh, all the accomplishments you have and they just see the highlights and all the all the, you know, glitz and glamour. But, man, you're, you're a hustler, brother. I know I know you from up north and uh, you, you grind and you put in the work. So but how did you get into this whole thing? Like, tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be who you are today. This, yeah. this master, well, I, I got master. into it by a mistake. <laughs> it's actually an injury. Um, yeah, I'm originally from Jersey. So I got that Jersey blood in me and, uh, I was the youngest of eight kids and my mom and dad got divorced when I was just five and having five sisters, two brothers growing up in Jersey, I knew that sports was the way out for me. And, um, I did very well in high school. I was, uh, you know, a, an 11 varsity letter winner, uh, four-year starter in football, got a scholarship, eventually, uh, took that to William and Mary down in Virginia and my whole dream growing up, Jose, was to be an NFL quarterback. That's what I wanted to be. Um, I, I did everything I could to do that. I mean, I worked my tail off. I sacrificed. I didn't party much, dialed in with working out, and I did well in school and, you know, all of that. 
And um, I went to William Mary and when I was done playing, I wasn't drafted and I didn't get a chance to play in the NFL. So I, I took the next best route. I went to, to Europe and I played in the world football league, three different countries over there uh, in Germany, Amsterdam, and then France. And that's where uh, I ended up hurting my back, three herniated discs, spinal stenosis, degenerative back disease. I was 25 years old. I was motionless on this football field in Aix-en-Provence, France. And I was thinking to myself, she's like, what do I do now? The doctor in French is like, uh, does he have a back problem? The football career is done. And I got to tell you, brother, like my whole life revolved around football. And I had my degrees. I already had a certification in strength and conditioning, but I still wanted to be an NFL quarterback. And I did everything I could to do that. But it was also the lowest point of my life as far as professionally is concerned, because I had to find and discover a new dream. And I knew it wasn't going to be as an athlete. And it was there when you ask, how did I get into doing what I was doing? I started studying under gurus. And when I say gurus, I'm talking not only in the traditional sense, but healers, like energy workers and, and people that did Reiki. And I, of course, I studied with physiatrists and doctors and physical therapists and acupuncturists. But I was trying to heal my own back pain. I was trying to get off of a Vicodin habit, nine months of just, I needed that thing to get through the days. And uh, I was getting body work. And it was about a five-year journey for me living in 13 different cities in that time frame that eventually led me back to the States, back to New Jersey, meeting an entertainer named Michael King, who owned King World Productions, who produced Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, and of course, Oprah Winfrey which Michael King took me out to the West coast. Cause he's like, Hey, if you want to get into fitness and health and, 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 and change lives, come out to Malibu, come out to LA, all the trends start out there. And I did, I don't know, Jose, if you've ever been to a point in your life where the money was good, the lifestyle on the outside was good, but I knew in my heart of hearts, that's not where I was supposed to be. And I just had this inkling that God was telling me, this isn't where your, your, your future is at. My, but my beat up old 1987 Volvo with the velour hanging down, couldn't make it back across the country to go back to the East Coast. So I went down to San Diego, went to grad school and met my eventual wife on the first day of grad school. Oh, so wow. uh, it was there. I got my degree. And then in uh, January year 2000, I opened up my gym. That was the start of in the last 22 years in changing lives. I've had a brick and mortar studio, started out just myself grew to 42 people, uh, lost few of those people during the pandemic. But now that's only a, a smidgen of what I do. I'm doing a lot of speaking and writing and you know, I've got four books now and, and uh, I'm doing a lot of coaching as well. Man, that's a lot of stuff, brother. <laughs> that's a lot, a lot in a little time. I, I, I gave you the cliff notes version. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but, but that's what I like, you know, because, you know, when you think about I won't stop until I win, you know, that's the name of the podcast. And, and yep. you know, you didn't stop until you win and you're winning and you're going to continue to win. And I always like to say that we don't stop, you know, winning until we take our last breath. Right. That's when we stop winning. True. Yeah. You know, Jose, what's interesting about that is I don't know. I don't know if this resonates with anyone, but so many times you never feel like you're winning, even when you are like you can have success and, you know, you get accolades. And fortunately, in the in the sports industry and in the training industry, I've had a lot of accolades, but man, I never feel like I'm winning. <laughs> it's, I guess it's the athlete mindset of what's next or am I fulfilling my purpose? I think that's what I'm enamored with now is am I truly living to my full potential? 
And I, I, I always feel like there's more in the tank, man. And I guess on the outside world, again, people are like, man, you, you've achieved a lot. And I guess if I slow down and say, yeah, I have, but that's not fulfilling me though, because you get hardware or you get some title or you put out another book. To me, it's about, I know they're, they, that God's got a, a bigger plan and I'm trying to reach more people. And, and there's more in the tank that I feel like I'm just starting to scratch the surface of where I need to be. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way, man. And I think that people like you and I, you know, high achievers, go-getters, grinders, hustlers, I think that, like you said, we don't really pay attention too much on the things that we've accomplished because our focus and our vision is is like what we've yet to accomplish. Yeah. Like the places yeah. we've yet to go, the people we've yet to meet and the, and the lives we've yet to impact. And I think that that's what our focus is. So it's like, we don't think about what we've already did because we're thinking about what we still need to do. Yeah, 100%. That is that is so true. I'm always enamored with the question of, you know, are you more motivated by winning or more motivated by not losing? <laughs> right? Like <laughs> that, because are you running to something? You're running from something. And I'm not sure about you. I don't like to lose, but I also love to win. And the idea of running to something that is deeper, more purposeful, more significant, more impactful, uh, to me, that's what gets me up. That's what gets me moving. Um, obviously all of us are defined by losses. And I look back and, and it's typically the setbacks or the failures that have happened that no one, a lot of times, a lot of people don't even see, but those are the things that say, I, I got to get better. I got to get, I, I got to do better than this. I'm better than this. And uh, it's the idea of when you say, I won't stop until I win. It's, it's that constant battle with oneself, body, mind, and spirit to be the best that you can be. So you can quote, win in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely, brother. You know, I, my wife and I, we love those shows, uh, like the one you were on, like those competitive shows where, uh, you know, The Rock had a show where people were competing. Yep. And we just like those type of shows. So when we saw when we saw that one on Netflix, tell, tell me how you got to, you know, tell me and my audience, tell us how you got involved in that, how that came to be. And because uh, you went you went fairly far. And we were rooting for you, because I think if I'm not mistaken, you were like the the oldest in age coach on the Whoa. show and you were still you, you were smoking them young dudes <laughs> it's the mindset I was the oldest and um it's interesting because I always wanted to be on a tv show I guess when like biggest loser came out and I had the opportunity once to go on that show but it, timing wise and just where my business was at I wasn't able to walk away and 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 kind of go extinct for three months that's what it takes to be on some of these quote reality shows but I always wanted to be on that. And for eight years, I had it on my my uh, my bucket list to go on a show. And finally, one year, it was like 2015. I took it off my bucket list. I was like, forget it. It's not going to happen. I'm 44 years old. You know, forget it. I'm not doing it. What happens? Phone rings. <laughs> it was NBC. We're like, hey, we got this new show coming out. It's called Strong. We're taking 10 trainers. We're going to pair them with 10 females who want to transform their life. And um, we've identified you as someone who would be great to help, you know, pour into one girl's life and, and try to change your life. It's for a half a million bucks. I'm like, fantastic. There were some things I had to overcome, honestly, to get on that show. There were five things specifically, but one of those was as the oldest trainer, when they found out my health history, they had to do this special test. See, my dad, when I was 20, uh, my dad was 58 and he died of a heart attack. So my genes said I had bad plumbing. So they had to bring me up to Cedar sinai give me this dye test. And, you know, of course, my doctors were like, don't do that. You're shooting dye into your body. I'm like, 
listen, bro, I'm, I'm going to do this because I want to get on the show. That was one thing. Um, I work closely with Under Armour and, and what if this show was sponsored by another apparel company, all these things that had to happen and they did. So finally, I'm up on the show. It's in Malibu. Had to step away from my family and my business for up to three months, 90 days. You don't get a phone. When you're on reality shows, you don't get your phone. You're not texting and talking to your family. Like they try to, they try to lock you up and get you kicked off. That's what makes good reality because you start getting fired up and fighting with other people. So what happens is I get paired with this girl and on day one, Devin, she tells me she doesn't like to compete. I'm like, uh, you got the wrong trainer because <laughs> yeah. I love to compete. And this for a half a million bucks, you're going to learn to love to compete. I poured into this girl. Uh, what I found was she, she actually got performance anxiety. She didn't like to compete to the point where she would freak out and, and, you know, just hated it. So we actually got eliminated Jose in week three. And when I was, when I got eliminated, I was ticked off, drove home to San Diego. I'm like, the world never got to see who I truly was. I blew out my shoulder. I tore my labor. My knee was killing me. My back, my, it was all fired up from, you know, everything that I had to go through physically on the show. Two days later, the, the producer of the show, Sylvester Stallone, you know, Rocky was the producer of the show. And that's my guy. Like I yeah. grew up watching Rocky for nonstop. And uh, he says, listen, there's an opportunity to get back in the game. I'm like, Sly, there's no way I can get back in the game. I blew up my shoulder. My knee's killing me. He's like, uh, come on back up. Get, try, you know, try to get back in. Lo and behold, I go up there. My shoulder's blown out. Through the grace of God, I got back in the game. I remember that. Because, uh, and, and that, for me, was a turning point because that was week five. I get paired with this girl, Brittany. Next thing you know, Jose, we, we went week five, six, seven, eight, nine. We made it to the finals. Every other night, we were in this thing called the Elimination Tower, this four-story tower. It was I know, man. That was brutal, bro. It was crushing. And let me tell you what. I loved it. I loved it because I knew I'd win it every time. I, I wanted to go in that thing because I knew I would not lose. And I was physically beaten like a dog. I mean, I was beaten. But I knew mentally that uh, I could withstand anything. And I was, I was at the deepest place in my life um, that I've ever been where I knew I was going to channel every energy I could possibly get. Uh, and then on the last week uh, in the finals to win it all, my partner, Brittany, was beat up. I was beat up. And they changed the tower, completely changed yeah, it. Yeah. And they changed it to where there was not a way with my shoulder and her ankle, which was blown out, we could push this 800-pound wall like 10 yards. And we just – we 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 lost by, I don't even know what it was, you know, a minute or something like that in the finals. But let me tell you what, more than the money, to me, that show proved to myself that you're way stronger than you think. Yeah. Mentally, physically, even when you're, I don't care if you're 44, if you're 34, you're 64, 84, you're always stronger than you think. And the coolest thing about that show, check this out, Jose, as I record this with you today, just this past weekend, I was in Boston, Massachusetts, and I married my first partner. I officiated a wedding. Pastor Todd officiated my first girl, uh, Devin, who was my partner. She asked me to marry her. Oh, and wow. uh, it was the coolest thing because I, I had her as a partner for three weeks, but the impact now has been over five years. And uh, to me, that truly came full circle. And I was honored to be on the show and, and to, to be a big part of that. 
That's awesome, man. That, you know, and again, the relationships that you were able to build from that. Now, I just wanted to unpack something real quick. The mindset, right? I wanted to unpack the mindset aspect of it because, you know, I'm the mindset disruptor. You're the mindset king also. When you were going through that show and you had all these injuries and you felt beat, like how, how did you able, how, how were you able to develop yourself mentally to keep pushing and not to say, hey, I can't, I can't go any further. I'm beat up. Yeah. I think part of it is, one of the reasons why I wanted to go on that show was I just really wanted to prove to myself I was yearning for something deeper. I was yearning for a deeper challenge physically, mentally. Business was going well. Family was going well. Everything was going well, but it wasn't enough. And I was yearning for something to just prove like I wanted to go to a deep place. And I really didn't know what that looked like. And, and frankly, when I went on the show, I didn't know I was going to be physically competing. They didn't tell us trainers we were competing. I thought I was going to be coaching this girl. And the twist of the show was, oh, by the way, trainers, you're going to be competing on the show. I'm like, wait, physically? I don't know if I can. I, again, were you, were, I, you tra- were you training? I've always been training. I, I, I always try to stay, quote, two weeks away from game shape. <laughs> so <laughs> I've, always, I've always kept training. But as you know, if you were training for a marathon or, you know, a CrossFit event or something like that, it goes up. And I wasn't training to compete. I was training to, you know, to feel good and look good and all that stuff, really just to keep my mind right. You you talk about, you know, you're the mindset disruptor. I'm the mind right maniac. I was looking for a deeper challenge physically. And you were going up, up against all these young bucks. Oh, man, there were some studs. But here's what happened. And I think everyone's got this. But when you're yearning for a deeper challenge, when it's time to flip the switch, you got to flip the switch. And I had to flip a switch. And what I found was it felt really good to flip that switch and to be challenged physically and mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I mean, it was it was tough, but I loved it. And I I mean, even now I'm still I'm always looking for that. Like right now, it's okay. How do you get your body right? Uh, You know, if your back is jacked up or your knee is jacked up, how do you how do you get to a point where you challenge yourself to a level to prove to yourself that you're stronger than you think? And I'll share this right before this comeback challenge. This one of my competitors I was going against, he flew through this tower in like two minutes and 33 seconds. And I had to beat that time to get back in the game. And my look on my face must have told the other trainers like I was in trouble because I remember staring up there like, oh, my God. And this trainer turns to me and he goes, don't forget who you are. You're Mm -hmm. Todd freaking Durkin. Get up there and do it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. I forgot who I was. Right. So I would always tell people now is don't forget who you are. You're, you know, I I say, don't say Todd freaking Durkin, put your freaking between your name. You know, Uh, I'm Jose freaking Flores, because so many times we forget who we are. We forget where we come from. We forget what we're made of. And we get real soft. We get soft in the mind. I don't know if I'm 50 now. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I've already achieved success. I don't know if I could do this. And that's a real soft, mediocre mindset, which ticks me off because we're all yearning for something deeper. And whether it's a physical challenge, a mental challenge, um, to me, we're constantly looking for challenges to get better. And the only way to get better is to challenge yourself. And sometimes that means you're going to fail. Hey, I didn't win the $500,000, but let me tell you what I walked away with there uh, from from that show thinking, man, I love that challenge. I absolutely love that. So, um, you know, that 10 week 
that 10 week show was a great impetus for me to remind me of who I am. Just like, hey, there's a lot of people now going through hell and back. And uh, you got to re- constantly remind yourself who you are, where you came from. Put the freaking between your name every now and then. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. I love that for sure. Listen, so, you know, because we have some coaches that listen to the program. And uh, and as a, as not only a fitness coach, but the mind right maniac, you know, you coach mindset. What are some of the things that you tell your clients uh, to, pre- to prep them mentally for the type of coaching that you're about to embark with them? Number one. You got to train your tail off physically. You got to be in great shape. So I, I I don't care what that looks like for you. Again, how old you are doesn't matter. You got to you got to train. You got to exercise. You got to move your body because that is going to put you in the physiological state to get your mind right. The mind and the body work hand in hand. So the first thing is you got to activate the physiology. So when you can active activate the physiology and you start to move your body, and whether that be running, swimming dance, you got to move to to get the physiology flowing. That's the first aspect. Along with that, obviously, nutrition plays an important role. Because if you eat garbage, and you can't, you can't think real good, you can't be extraordinary in the way you think. So if we can get your physiology right through movement, and get your nutrition, which there's a biochemical response on what you eat, and start to eat right, okay, now we've now we set the table. Now we set the table. Now let's look at some of the habits. some of the people I coach, I'm like, okay, you want to, you want to be the best in the world, whether it be as an athlete or an entrepreneur, or you want to achieve a certain level of success. Let's look at your habits, who you listening to, what are you watching? What's your input? So if you're watching the news, probably not a real good recipe to help you get your mind right on a regular basis uh, to put yourself in a, in an, in a state where you can operate as your best self. Uh, If you're listening to podcasts that are going to get your mind right, Jose, you're listening uh, to to your podcast on a regular basis and uh, some of the other ones out there that are going to really inspire the body, the mind and the heart. I think that puts you in a state of mind and say, you know what, I'm going to be better as a leader today. I'm going to be better as a mom or a dad today. And I'm not going to let this setback, this handicap, this whatever, whatever the, the you know, the, the, the excuses and the mindset is, is so I look at input, what's going in the brain, who are you hanging out with? What are you studying? And are you growing? What are you studying? What are you learning? To me, we're designed to grow and growth comes a lot of ways, reading books, listening to podcasts, but also means what are your goals? What are your dreams? What are your visions? I call them God-sized dreams. What are your God-sized dreams? And when I say God-sized dreams, I'm not saying like, there's going to be this deep, dark voice saying, Todd, here's what I'm ordaining you to do. To me, your God-sized dream is really just aligning your passions and your your purpose. And you can align your passions, what you love to do, and your purpose, um, which is your divine purpose and what God put into you. Uh, And you can have the audacity and the courage to make the moves and the changes in your life to do what you need to do to to live the life that you want. Then all of a sudden, you start feeling like, you know what? Okay, I'm, I'm being congruent with my core values. And all of a sudden, guess what? People start appearing in your life who are supposed to be in your life that can help you get you where you want to go. I mean, Jose, you're a great example of this. And you told me, you, you know, with your relationship with Les and some of the coaches you work with, like, this is what it's all about is you put yourself in that situation to show up in a room and to be around people who you wanted to to be around and to emulate and be like and coach with. And all of a sudden, boom, the vibration starts going up. So to me, I just look at habits. I look at what do we need to eliminate or what do we need to reduce? What do we need to amp up? And for me, I got, I've got rules for living. And those rules help me live my best life. I call it your WLWB, when life works best list. When life works best, what are you doing? 
Do more of what you need to do when life is working best. What are you doing and what are you not doing? Set some rules for yourself. If you live by your rules based on what's working best and you truly abide by those rules, whatever it is, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever those rules are, you live by your rules and you live by them nine out of 10 times or 10 out of 10 times, things are going to happen in your favor. I love that. I love that. WLWB, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it right here. WLWB, when your life works best, right? You're doing, that's right. When your life works best. I love that, man. You know, one of my other mentors, uh, Tim Grover. Yeah. He said, he, he, I asked, I met him a couple of times. I, I met him one time and then I, I seen him at a, like two other events and we always stay connected. And I asked him one time if he wouldn't mind writing a testimonial for me. And he said, and when he sent it back to me, I was blown away because, you know, like you said, you know, we don't kind of really, really pat ourselves on the back too much because we like we feel like we haven't done enough yet. So yep. what he said, Jose is a definite the definition of relentless. He's a perfect example of when the mind decides everything else follows. Mm-hmm. And that kind of clicked with me. And I use that phrase all the time when the mind, because you're right, when the mind decides everything else follows, you have to make up your own mind. You have to make up. You have to make a decision. You have to make the choice to go out there and kick and kick life's butt. That's right. Absolutely. Make up the mind that you're going to get up. You're going to get vertical. You're going to move today. You're going to eat well today. You're going to make good choice today. You're going to be productive with your work, whatever that work is for you. You're going to make people better today. You got to serve more people. Hey, I'm telling people in our fitness industry and the coaching industry is serve people, heal people. There's a lot of healing that needs to take place. There's not a light that needs to happen today. The more light that's within you and you shine that out, then you can help people. And guess what that does? There's that law of reciprocity that says the more people you light up out there, it comes comes back to you and you get lit up. Oh, Todd, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm my, I have no energy. I'm burnt out. I understand. I get it. But guess what? We got to suck it up. We got to get the mind right. And we got to serve more. We got to serve more because by serving more, you get lit up. So to me, it it comes down to your lifestyle and and your habits. Once again, of making that decision that you're going to serve people today. And when you ask yourself on that morning time, whether you call it meditation, prayer, in your journaling time, however people spend their time, it's what am I going to do today to make the most impact today? And for me, Jose, today, it was this show. It was this show today that I don't know who I'm going to speak with. And I don't know who your words and my words are going to impact today. But maybe someone makes a decision today to say, you know what? I, I got to stop drinking, man, or I got to, I got to stop. I got to start working out again, or I got to, I got to cut this relationship off because it's, it's actually toxic and it's not serving my best interest to make me the man or the woman who I'm designed to be, whatever it is. Maybe that's the, that's the one thing today. Choose yeah. today. Like, what are you going to do today to make and create the most impact today? If you ask yourself that question every day, it's going to be a pretty good day. Yeah. I love that. And, and like you said, it, it can only be one thing. Like, what's the one thing? It doesn't have to be a whole slew of things, a whole list of things. Like, what's the one thing you're going to do today? I love that. One, one thing you just said a few moments ago, and I wanted to just touch base on that again today because it touched me and I, I'm going to actually incorporate it. And I think a lot of times we already have this in our minds, but I'm going to actually make a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually write it out is what are your life rules? Mm. I love that because I think that, you know, I, I know I have certain 
principles and morals that I live by, right? That's what we kind of call them, morals and principles and, and characteristics, traits, integrity, and things like that. But I'm going to actually write that out, brother, because I think that's a powerful exercise for people to do. What are your life rules? Because once you write out what your life rules are and you look at those things every day, now you know what your own expectation is of yourself is and you can't let yourself down because I think that's a problem. And you probably find this a lot within the fitness industry is that we'll commit to our jobs, we'll commit to our church, we'll commit to our kids, we'll commit to our spouse. But when it comes to committing to ourselves, we always let ourselves down and we fall short. But I think if we set those life rules, like, hey, these are the rules that I personally am going to live by and I'm going to carry these, then it'll make me, like you said, function at a higher capacity every single day because I know I have these set of rules that I have to live by and make sure I get them done daily. 100%. And when you write it down, Writing creates clarity. Clarity precedes genius. If you write it down and you share it with your spouse or your kids or, you know, some loved ones and you, or you post it at your home computer and you look at your rules and you abide by those rules. Listen, no one loves rules, but we all need rules. That's right. You play by the rules. If you live by your rules that you set based on your WLWB, like they don't have to be really hard. And it might start with three, four or five rules. Like my first rule is this it's simple. Don't turn the phone on until my morning routine is done. Mm, that's, that's it. That's it, the rule number one. That's a simple. Well, it's a simple rule. It's not easy. It's simple. Yeah. If I don't turn my phone on, then I can do my morning routine because I know how important my morning routine is. The phone for me, I don't know about you, Jose, but my phone creates anxiety. <laughs> I turn it on and I start looking at my texts, my emails, my DMs. Uh, I look at all, I'm like, oh man, I gotta, I just gotta start reporting back to everybody and, and live in everyone else's agenda. And I didn't even get my prayer time in. I didn't get my workout time in. I didn't take the pup out for a walk. And next thing you know, I'm living, you know, I'm, I just wasted 20, 30 minutes on looking at, at Instagram or, or, or the DMs or the emails or the texts. I'm like, darn it, I just lost the day. And I'm always like, dominate the morning and you dominate the day. You that's dominate right. the day, you dominate your life. It's all in that morning. So I start up, that's, a, that's rule number one. Just don't turn the phone on. Yep. And that, you, you think it's really easy, but for me, I don't know about anyone else. I'm like, man, I'm yeah, no. Boom. You preach, you preach to the choir right there because that, that's one of my problems too. But I actually incorporated that um, actually last, the last quarter of last year because it was like a huge distraction for me. And I told my wife, I said, you know what? We're going to finish this year strong and we're going to start next year even stronger. So I don't even grab my, I leave my phone where it's plugged in. It's always face down when I go to sleep. So I don't see any notification lights. Actually, I turned off all my notification lights, but when you get like a phone call, it'll still, it'll still blink. Yeah. But I, I keep my phone face down so I don't see that. And, I, and, I, and I, I'm just like you, I don't pick up my phone until I'm done with my morning uh, rituals and routine. There you go, same that's, that's awesome, man. Listen, Todd, so you got so much going on. I know you, you've written four books. You said, what's the latest book that you've written? What, what, what's that out right now? Or, or is it out yet? It, it is out. Um, it's interesting because um, I've got, I'll call them three regular books. And this latest book that I came out with, it's actually what I call the God-sized dreams planner, God-sized dreams planner. And what I did I got, I get asked a lot about my, my rituals and, and my, my uh, routines. So what I did was for about close to 15 years, I've been working on something I've called the annual roadmap and strategic plan. And I created this planner to actually help people reverse engineer their success. So what happens is 
I've got all these questions at the beginning of a year that I, I go through about your life and the next you know, decade, the next year. And I have all the way down from your annual strategic plan to your 90 day wonder to my monthly routine, which is called my 10 forms of wealth and three and 30 down to my W lags, which is my weekly routine down to my daily routine down to the day. It's a planner and it's got all the questions and my routine in there. And um, I've been asked to share that for many years now. And I've only shared it with the people who I coach in my mastermind program. And um, this is the first time it just came out here early 2022 um, so that people can use it at any time. And it's literally a, a planner, a directory of not just, hey, here's my to-do list for the day. And you know, from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m., how I schedule my day. It's actually the questions that you would reverse engineer down from your life um, and looking back on your life to your year all the way down into the day. I like that. I like yeah. that. And where can people get that? Um, Amazon, if they go to Amazon and look up Todd Durkin, God Size Dreams Planner, God Size Dreams Planner. Um, that's my latest work. Last year, I came out with my Get Your Mind Right book, which was uh, my third book. And uh, Get Your Mind Right. Uh, it's do a, a lot of my keynotes are about Get Your Mind Right, which is all about energy and you know, body, mind, spirit type um, inspiration material. But all of that is on Amazon as well. Or you can go to ToddDurkin.com as well. Now, I know that uh, I'm going to go ahead and put that in the show notes for everybody that's watching that, wanted, that wants to um, check that out. Now, and I also, I just want to touch on this before, before, we, uh, before we start wrapping up, but I know that you're a man of faith, you're a man of God. How do you incorporate, because I am as well, but I want to know what, how your work ethic is in regards to how do you incorporate God in, in your speaking, uh, you know, when you're communicating with people, because, you know, let's be honest, there's a lot of people that are like, you know, don't talk about God, you, you know, you go to colleges, you can't talk, you go to certain corporations, they're like, kind of like wishy-washy with it. So I have my way that I work it in, and it works very well. But I would like for you to share with me and my audience, uh, because some people struggle with that, like, man, as a speaker, I want to become a speaker, a coach and a trainer, you know, but I'm and I'm a man or woman of God, how do I incorporate my faith in what I do? So how do you do it? Mm. It's interesting because I actually train one of the most famous preachers in the world. His name is Pastor David Jeremiah. David Jeremiah, if you, if you watch TV on Sunday mornings, you see Dr. J, Pastor Jeremiah in Turning Point. And um, he's about 80 years old now. And I train him three times a week. And this brother fires me up. A couple of years ago, he said to me, he said, you know, the way you train and the way you work is you train me and your people from the inside out. Mm. So when I got talking with him, what I realized is you don't need to be a preacher. You don't need to be a, a preacher or a pastor to do your work. And to me, I wouldn't say I'm a holy roller where I'm out there preaching about God, but the way I live my life, I'd say would be exemplary of one that God would be proud of on my vocabulary. It's one of my rules, by the way, and in the words I choose or not choose on that. To me, how I use that in my talks is, a, it does depend on who I'm speaking with. For example, I did a, a keynote last week at Christian high school. It's a private Christian school. I can use the word God and talk about my, the scriptures and that are firing me up and I'm resonating with. 90% of my talks are keynotes outside of the, you know, outside of faith-based organizations or companies. So I give inspirational and aspirational messages based on what I call high performance and high performance, same thing, the rules that you share. I may share my rules and my specific individual rules may be around my prayer time in the morning. 
again, you call it prayer time. I call it prayer time. You may call it meditation or quiet time, whatever it may be. You choose what works for you. But as a man of faith, um, this is what I choose to do. So I'm unapologetically now I am who I am. And I go out there and I try to get in people's hearts and souls and fire them up because the one thing that people do need these days is they need more emotion and energy and faith in their life. Because I don't know how you get through today's day without a faith whatever the faith is like to me my faith is my rock it's what gets me up it's it it's what you know allows me to do what i do but when it comes to speaking i'm just myself and i what i always try to say is what's the what what is the need of this organization and they might be well we're in a hybrid we're in a hybrid setting and people are just burnt out okay then let's speak to that but also let's talk about energy and how do you get one's routines dialed in. Now, if someone is of faith, they may need to revisit their, their discipline and their, their commitment to whatever their faith is. Um, and my job as a coach is to challenge them, not to tell them what to do, but to challenge them and coach them to help them to get to where they want. So that's how I do it with, with all I am. And uh, the, the last thing I want to do is be, be someone that I'm not. So I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin now and showing up, just being myself. And I think people appreciate when you're just genuine of who you are. It's like you, Jose, you're the same way. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's what I was going to say. I've gotten kind of pretty smooth and witty with the words and the vocabulary that I use because I know that in the Bible it says, they shall know you by your fruit. So when you display that good fruit, people are going to know. And uh, that's kind of like how I do it too. So thank you for sharing that, man. Listen, thank you for hanging out with me in general. I know that you know, there's some people, if we're in the, we're still in January, right? We probably a couple of days ago, it was national break your resolutions day, right? <laughs> Most people <laughs> give up on their dreams just a couple, like two, three weeks after the new year starts. But I know that people want to do good for themselves. They, they have good intentions and they want to do good. And sometimes they need a coach, right? Sometimes I know one of the biggest goals that people make in the beginning of the year is they want to get healthier. They want to lose weight. They want to get more fit. It's not only for fat people or skinny people or weak people. It's people just want to be overall healthy and you help them with that. So if there's people that are listening or watching and they're looking for a coach uh, that can get them from where they are now to where they really want to be, where can they find Todd Durkin and get your, your services, your books, your planner, right? Because if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. So definitely get his planner. Where can they get the planner, your books, and, uh, and just get more information about you if they're interested in working with you. Uh, website, tydurkin.com. Tydurkin.com has, you know, all, all the different services I offer. Uh, if you're on social media, Instagram, I'm on Instagram as well. You can certainly DM me uh, as well. I'm always on, on the IG. But honestly, Jose, here's the thing with coaching. Depending on the type of coaching one needs, whether it's physical coaching, business coaching, life coaching, spiritual coaching, I believe in the power of coaching. Uh, There was a coach, Tom Landry, who talks about, you know, great coaches tell you things that you need to hear, not that you want to hear so you can be all that you're meant to be. And I don't think a coach just tells you what you need. A great coach is going to really hold you accountable to saying, hey, I I could be like, hey, if you want to get in better shape, work out five days a week, an hour every day and eat the right stuff. That's not great coaching. That's telling you what to do. But are you truly going to be held accountable to what needs to get done and give you the program and check in and and that? And to me, nowadays, we need more accountability and ongoing daily motivation uh, on that. So if it, you know, if if you got to seek out a coach locally, 
um, because, you know, you want to go to someone's brick and mortar studio or gym. I know a lot of trainers and coaches outside of myself who are amazing coaches. Uh, if you want to do something online, then obviously I'm more than happy to help you. But I think the bottom line is find someone that you resonate with that will hold you accountable and lift you up and make sure that they, they're the type of people that you want to be like, and they've been there and done that as well. Uh, I think there's a lot of coaches now who are calling themselves coaches, but they've never done it. They haven't gone through that. And um, Jose, I know you, you're cut of the same cloth in, in, in your walk and your talk. And I respect the heck out of that. So um, heck, I still have coaches in, in all aspects of my life. I still have coaches. I believe in the power of coaching. Um, my, my athletes, they obviously believe in the power of coaches because even though they're some of the best athletes in the world, they're still coming in uh, to me 20 years later so they can, they can hang on to what they do. So it's, it's interesting when you look at the highest performers in the world, most of those people have coaches that get the best out of them. Absolutely. Amen, brother. I appreciate that. So listen, man, I want to thank you for, you know, hanging out with me on my show. I always like to ask my guests this last question before we close out. If there's somebody out there that's listening to this program or watching this program and they're just feeling down and out, they're feeling wiped out, they're feeling burnt out, they're feeling like giving up, what one piece of advice or what would you say to them to make them not stop until they win? Yeah. Remember who you are. Put the freaking between your name. That's how I would say is remember who you are. Put the freaking between your name. Get up, get vertical. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Hey, listen, all of us have days where we're down and people are like, oh, you're the mind, you know, you're the mindset disruptor. You're the mind right maniac. You, you, you never have a bad day. I'm like, are you kidding me? Every single day, I got to get my mind right. Every day, I got to get in the gym, my home gym that's cold. I got to get my mind right at 5.30 in the morning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel sorry for myself. And I got to move my body. I got to trick my brain into saying, okay, I'm just going to move for 10 minutes today. And then an hour later, I'm feeling like a million bucks because I've tricked myself into moving. I'm no different than anyone else. So you just got to find the habit that what you got to do and you got to do it. So if you're feeling sorry for yourself, put the freak in between your name. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Get out there and move your body and make a decision today to get a coach or get someone in your life who's going to lift you up, make you feel like a million bucks. And remember where you're going. Look in the, in the front windshield way more than you look in the rearview mirror. Amen, brother. I appreciate it. There you have it, folks. You heard it from the man himself, Todd Durkin. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate you. And listen, guys, until next time we meet again, make sure that you don't stop until you win. Take care and God bless. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of I Won't Stop Until I Win. Once again, I am your host, Jose Flores, and make sure you visit me at joseinspires.com, where you'll see links to all my social media, where I'm bringing content like this every single day on how you can win and keep on winning. We have new episodes dropping every week, so make sure you guys like, subscribe, and share with other winners so that everyone can keep up with what's going on. Once again, I appreciate you tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next episode of I won't stop until I win.